Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Linking the Travel Industry, where we discuss travel industry news you are talking about on LinkedIn. We do make the session available as a podcast afterwards, which you can find at businesstravel360.com. Absolutely welcome audience participation. After all, we are here to link the travel industry. So if you have a comment on any of the stories we discuss here today, please raise your hand and we will get you on stage. So with that out of the way, my name is Rian and I'm one of your hosts today. I am the CEO of Agentivity, where we make it our mission to elevate the service ability of travel management companies through the effective use of data. And I am Anne and I'm a consultant in the travel and airline industry and happy to help you with anything related to retail and you see one order and distribution. I also work as an instructor both with IATA and Aeroclass. Hi everyone, my name is Ash and I'm the host of a weekly business travel podcast called What's Up in Business Travel, where we give you only the important updates in under 15 minutes. Additionally, I'm the vice president at Traxo and this is Linking the Travel Industry. All right, Rian, before we get started, I have an announcement to make. I want to be a billionaire so bad by all of the things I never had. First of all, I want to just uh, congratulate you, Rian. This past week, you had sent out a post about you hitting 1 million impressions on LinkedIn, officially putting you in the LinkedIn millionaire category. So the song pertains to you becoming a LinkedIn billionaire, uh, hopefully sooner than later. And uh, we really think that this is amazing. We wanted to congratulate you. Uh, of course, uh, this is a huge achievement. And I don't know anybody who is a 1 million impressioner that I personally know, like I know you. So just wanted to congratulate you and say that this has been an amazing amazing journey. And Anne and I are really, really proud to be associated with you through this event and through being a colleague in the travel industry. Anne? Yes, congratulations, Rian. Like like I echo what Ash is saying, we don't know anyone who is a LinkedIn billionaire. And obviously, we will know someone <laughs> who is a LinkedIn billionaire probably sooner than later. Congrats. Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. I came as a surprise. I mean, I did cheat a little bit in one of my last posts. At the time that it's over a million, actually went over 300,000. It was a bit of a freak post. So there we go. It's still climbing that post, actually, which is weird. But, you know, I love this stuff we're doing here on LinkedIn. And, and the success of it is purely based on the interaction we get from the audience and the people who participate in my post and on here and you guys as well. So uh, thank you back to you straight away. So I appreciate that. It's interesting how everybody says, now, here's to the next million. And Ash just goes for straight to the billion. But there we go. Nothing like uh, high standards, right? So we'll see where we get to. So it was actually Mohitu raised the question to me, when did we start linking the travel industry? And I think we must be nearing the one-year anniversary, right? We must have been doing this for a year now. We're going to have yes. to dig into the history and <laughs> yes. find out. We started the podcast a little bit later. I know that the show started much before that. So yeah, we'll dig into it and maybe we'll have the answer by next week. Brilliant. Let's get back on track then. For those uh, in the audience, thank you very much for joining us. Some regular faces there. Chris, welcome. Rohit, of course, welcome. Uh, there's some other people I recognize. Mark, Miguel, thank you for joining us, giving us your time. Uh, the format of this discussion evolves around a post I do on a Friday, as we've just mentioned. And uh, it's just stories that I've gathered on LinkedIn that relates to the travel industry, which has also gained a lot of other discussions. My first one is over in your area of the world. Ashweb was United and Archer that announced the first commercial electric air taxi route in Chicago. Of course, 
they're not giving us a date. They're giving us some fancy sort of imaging there. And um, I guess you'll be first in line to try that out if you ever fly United again, right, Ash? Yeah, I mean, I fly United from time to time. And I love the fact that United has this amazing relationship with Archer. I'm super excited about it. Actually, they're going to launch the New York service first. Chicago is the second city now that they've picked specifically. And they're picking these cities based on the uh, geography, the airport locations, and the whole goal of this. I mean, you think about the flights between uh, Manhattan and Newark, for example, the time can take an hour. So this process makes it easier for commuters and shortens the time to like 10 minutes. And yes, of course, I'm going to be almost one of the first people wanting to get on one of these things, and it'll be an amazing ride. And do you think we'll get these in Europe at some stage? Oh, I hope so. Well, actually, I I really do believe so. We have some uh, tremendous progress in that company in Gothenburg that we've been talking about. I said, you know, it's great to have a great United story back. We had a bit of a dip there, but now we're back with a with a great United stuff. They need to deliver on that one. But yeah, it is, it is my story. Absolutely. <laughs> My next story was just an interesting one. It was um, Skift who published a travel startup investment report that they had, uh, well, they, they could account for $110 million of investment in five startups in one week alone. Two of them in the sort of, let's call it hotel or uh, stay space. Placemaker has to do with long-term and short-term apartment rentals. And Opeso is a hotel technology platform. And then the other one was Mystify, which um, is a bit of a mystery, but it's the it's the beta to be marketplace for airlines and agents without necessarily the need for contracts. And then two others, Travel Wallet and a, another one called Regent. So it was just good to see in one week that there was funding of at least $110 million. Before I open up this for comments, I also saw late on Friday that Travelport managed to raise a further $200 million in funding. So um, we might get them to talk about that with us next week if we can. But certainly a lot of positive indication there, right, Anne, in the industry, and it's it's good investments, those. Yes, yes, that makes us happy. I'm a bit also curious as to Mystify. Mm-hmm. I, I was, you know, when I read that announcement, I would love to, to have them on, on here, you know, to explain, because it says other travel intermediaries and online travel agents can access a vast inventory of airfares without commercial agreements with airlines i'd like to better understand how it works right bit of a question mark there would love to know some more Ash, what did you make of that list of investments? The one that struck out to me was the one by Regent. I'm kind of bored of the software storylines now. Please don't take this negatively, anybody who's in the industry, in the software side, because I am as well. But the one that was interesting was the Sea Glider. I mean, you know, yes. we're talking about 12 passenger Sea Glider, 180 miles per hour. This sounds pretty cool. And I think there's a little bit of a shift. I don't know if you're seeing this picture or not, but there is actual product from the perspective of, we just talked about Archer and United, and now we're talking about a Sea Glider. And, you know, we talk about SpaceX and other things. And there's a product perspective that transports people. No, I agree with you there. Absolutely. And it's it's fantastic to see actual physical product. Absolutely. So very good. Yes, I I didn't say what that um, region was, but you're right. It's a very interesting product. Makes a lot of sense. Electric uh, propulsion over water and air is uh, very uh, efficient, if you want. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm quite intrigued by that story. The next one is back in Europe. Remember the old airline Alitalia? This is just something that just doesn't want to go away. <laughs> the European Union, in their wisdom now, have ruled that the last state aid that they received of 400 million euros was actually illegal. 
because it was based on uh, promises that the airline could never have, you know, materialized and nobody did any due diligence on it. They just gave them 400 million euros and said, pay it back whenever. Of course, they were sold and, you know, now it doesn't exist. Now, this does not affect ITA or ITA Airways. This is just stupendous, isn't it, Anne? <laughs> When they gave them that 400 million, honestly, I mean, an airline that only made profit one year, when are we ever going to not hear about this endless saga, right? I think I know what you're going to say, Ash, but any comments? When I saw this on your post, I was not going to read the story because I refused to. <laughs> and then, of course, I couldn't help myself, so I read the story. The part that interested me was the fact that who are they going to give the 400 million to? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's like the government owns the airline. They sold the yes. airline. The new people don't have to owe anything with this. So yes. who's going to pay who? The Italian government's going to pay itself $400 million? It's so bizarre. Can you recall what did they pay to protect the Alitalia logo? Wasn't it something like the same number or was it less? Oh, there was $300 million, wasn't oh, it? Oh, there we go. Okay, if, so. I, if I recall correctly, yes. yes. But that was ITA paying that to you know That's... protect the, the Alitalia okay. name, okay. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah okay. so somebody like me didn't come around and create an airline called I'll Tell You. Yes, you can't make this up. Aviation history was made also last week. Um, I believe it was the largest plane powered by hydrogen fuel cells to take off. Universal Hydrogen posted about it, and it happened in the States. It was a 40-passenger airliner powered by hydrogen fuels took off in the sky for the first time. So great progress there. Right, Ash? It's not quite uh, electric uh, you know, space, but it's a good move, right? Yeah, it is a good move. And actually, I believe it's EasyJet who uh, recently declared that they were not going to make as much investment into SAF because they still didn't feel like it was going to deliver their goals of becoming carbon neutral. So mm -hmm. they're putting investments into hydrogen as well and putting a little bit more effort. They're thinking that that's going to really allow them to get to the goals that they want to. So they're pivoting a little bit. And uh, and so EasyJet's also involved in this in Europe right now. Yes, and they're partnering with Rolls-Royce on this to, to focus on making the actual engines that already exist on aircraft to be compatible with that. So they don't have to do a retrofit, which is a clever thing to be focusing on. And you're right, that is a very core focus for them. And any comments on this? Just great news. Really, really great news. The next story, I wasn't quite sure what to make of this. I believe the UK cut the aviation tax quite substantially. And of course, it caused a lot of issues with people saying, you know, domestic air travel in, in the UK shouldn't be encouraged. But of course, Ryanair took up that offer and they increased their UK domestic flight offering, you know, substantially. It's a very strange story. At the same time, I mean, the same week, I believe, the UK also announced their new carbon neutral plans or ability to reduce their carbon footprint. So strange timing. And of course, Ryanair wouldn't sit still and wait for it, they're going to make the most of a, a commercial opportunity, right? But I mean, considering also transportation in the, in the UK, and just look at the, uh, the the rail is not competitive in that sense, in yes. the same way as it is on the European continent. So yeah. no, of course they're not. Did you read the story, uh, Osh? I did. And I think that the reason why it's important for UK travelers is the fact that they were getting dinged on the tax twice, right? Because within the UK, so they paid £13 for one flight and £13 for the return, assuming they were going round trip. So this is a double taxation, which I think is now eliminated. Mm. And of course, that brings the airfare down. And so that's great. So if you're flying okay. from the UK to Paris, you only pay that tax once. Rail transportation in the UK is horrendously expensive. I mean, I mean, you must have seen those posts all over about how it's cheaper to fly from London down to Europe up to Liverpool for a football match than taking the train. Definitely some need for some rail modernization from every aspect yes. in the UK, for sure. Yeah. 
at this stage, again, just a shout out to those in the audience. I see you again some familiar faces and our prices there. Sukato's there. Thank you very much for joining us. Ksenia, very nice to see you. Thank you for giving us your time. Then the rest of my newsfeed, really, I think all of us were pretty much clogged with everything American, NDC, and GDS, right? The week of, and I'm going to quote Johnny Thorson, travel confusion, which I really liked. I agree with him there. So we don't quite know where to start. I mean, Ash, before we started the show, you wanted to coin a phrase, right? What do you calling today? I have a proclamation and the proclamation is today, April 3rd, we're going to declare this NDC day in the travel industry. So we always remember this day, April 3rd, 4323 in America and 3423 in everywhere else in the world is the official date for NDC. Happy NDC day to you today. Yes, we need to though remain that to happy American NDC because it's been, we've, we've been living. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay. Fine. <laughs> it really never happens until it happens in America. Exactly. Okay, fair enough. Ooh, fair enough. Yes. We never knew when it was happening there, so, you know, it's not our fault. <laughs> you know, yeah. we just took it on the chin and went on with it, as opposed to all this moaning and groaning. It's, dear me. So I don't even know where to start. I mean, obviously, PR machines were in full force last week. We saw the GDS is pushing out loads of comments. Trailport specifically put out loads of posts about them being ready for this change. Sabre, of course, as well. It was interesting. Interesting, Anne. I didn't see any post by, by Amadeus about the American no, thing. No, Isn't that we strange, must have missed yeah? that. Or, or, I don't know. Have there been any posts by Amadeus? I haven't, I I haven't did, seen anything. Did anybody no, I agree with you. See, see Amadeus post specifically about the American Airlines thing? I didn't see any. And again, maybe from a European perspective, they were just like, this is old news. Let's just move on. Seriously, it's nothing. <laughs> So fine. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly PR from Sabre and Trailport and, of mm-hmm. course, American Airlines mm-hmm. were in full force. I liked how BCD Trail, I saw Harold posted a post from BCD where they talked about it saying NDC is back in the spotlight, but it isn't quite ready to star in the show. And I thought that was a, that was a good way mm-hmm. of putting it. The big question is hanging over the corporate side of things with regards to SAP Concur being ready to offer the corporates in their OBTs full picture. It was interesting how how they were very quiet as well. There were lots of talk about them and Travel Fusion and GDS in American, but nothing really was mentioned mm. by SAP Concur. So I thought that was very, very interesting as well. I actually did a quick test this morning. I don't know if you saw that post, Anne. I did a quick check on the AA website. Oh. So I did, a, I did a quote on the AA website from London to Atlanta back, and I did the same quote in the GDS. I was using Travelport. And uh, in the GDS, it was £700 cheaper than on the, <laughs> than on the AA website. Than on the okay. AA website. Then I did the same on a domestic US fare, and it was a pound cheaper in the GDS. I have to say I'm very confusing. So there's only one of two options. Either they did not turn on the discontinuing of some of the fares in the older channel. They're not using NDC on their own website or, you know, something else <laughs> is wrong. I see Chris has raised his hand. Chris is from Travelport. Chris, yeah, they're, they're not using NDC on their own website, but I mean, it should be about aligning their content, right, on their own website. You'd think. I really hope they've done that for all the code shares as well, right? But uh, I love the fact that I found it £700 cheaper than GDS and I don't even have access to NDC agreements in my pseudocode on the GDS because I'm just using a default test sort of pseudo. So that was the bland, non-contractual fares you could you could look at, and it was still cheaper than the AA website. Yeah, all this all this fanfare. So I, I mentioned a lot of stories there. Sorry, Anne and Ash. Any comments from your side before we hear from Mohit? 
Well, my favorite was Johnny's post. I mean, <laughs> the travel confusion. So I think it's it's been a bit of scaremongering and and well, a bit. It's been a lot of scaremongering and and uh, it's been exhausting. I think the whole week has been um, yeah, quite exhausting is probably the right word for it. And I just hope that everything goes well for American and kudos to them for doing what they're doing. Any comments, uh, Ash? I think you got to start somewhere. And uh, you know, today's not the end of the process; it's the first day of the process. So I yeah. think as time goes on, we'll see much more activity. Uh, but now, at least it's declared, it's no. And we're going to now start to pivot as we always do in the history of the industry. We've always done that. So we're going to do it again. It looks like AA only removes those fares from the U.S. point of sale. This is very interesting. Oh, my goodness. What a palaver, right? So you know what's going to happen, right? Mohit, we've been keeping you in silence. Welcome. You want to do a quick intro? And I suspect you have a few comments about this whole AA NDC story, right? Hey, Rian. Thanks for getting me on stage. Yeah. Before I introduce myself, I would like to thank all three of you for this effort, you know, in linking the travel industry. I've been a listener for, you know, most of these events and picked up many learnings. So congratulations on this amazing journey. Now, you know, I kind of work uh, on the product team here at Ticket.com in Jakarta. Tomorrow, I'll be completing 19 years in the industry. I've been, you know, in the flights uh, space uh, all my career. I really wanted to, you know, comment on the chronology of events rather than this thing of uh, what, uh, you know, AA has come out with. And it's a total disaster uh, for some. It's, you know, so much confusion. I I totally, you know, uh, relate to when Anne said travel uh, confusion. I think that's the hashtag that we should use for this. So, you know, earlier in the year, AA had, uh, you know, they let go a lot, major chunk of corporate sales team. And they were very vocal about, you know, any corporate business being around lesser than uh, 1.5 million US dollars. They would not be giving special attention. And then this followed with with all of these NDC, you know, content being available only on Sabre. And then what that does is it removes around 40% of fares completely from third party channels. You know, if you kind of tie these stories together and as Ash says, the story behind the story aspect of things. I think in my personal view, AA wants to take more control of their content. They believe that the six-day road warrior will take a very long time to come back in the numbers pre-COVID. And then they're really focusing on whenever they can save cost to prepare any un- for any uncertain times that may come our way as an industry. I agree, Mohit. I mean, again, travel confusion reigns, absolutely. Um, I-, I found it spectacular timing that they that they announced this fair change and the change in attitude towards corporates and the support to TMCs. It's a lot, right, to do in one change. But um, maybe they, how did Ash put it? If they needed to pull the Band-Aid off, they had to do it all in one go, right? The important thing here is not that this is something that is going to disrupt us. Of course it is. But disruption is what travel is all about. And we've always managed disruption really well. You know, whether you talk about the frontline agent, where you talk about technology aspect of things, all of this uh, is part of that process, right? The end result of all of this, though, is that now we're going to be able to offer travelers a lot more. And we're going to be able to give them unique experiences. We're going to be able to give them a unique way of looking at travel. And that's a good thing, right? Mostly it encourages new people to join the travel industry from the perspective of being a traveler, uh, which I think we need more of. You know, we, we can't look at it from a narrow window. We've got to open the window much wider and look at it from a big picture perspective, which is that this is all supposed to make things better. I fully understand what Americans are doing here because we need modernization here. Corporate contracts and the way you, you work with corporates hasn't really been changed in 20, 30 years. You need change here. It can be done. It can be done done better and, and, and more efficiently. Uh, I know it can. 
80% yeah. of the contracts are not being maximized. Yeah. Like the goals are not being hit, right? So yeah. why do we yeah. need all these contracts if yeah. nobody is attaining the goal? And why do we need, you know, uh, special fair filing and, you know, times one million, you know, through through ATPCO for all these corporate deals that are, like you're saying, not being maximized anyway. And you have lots of wasted effort as well. It just needs to be modernized. And Mohit, think that from your perspective, right? I mean, you come at this from a flight perspective. I think that you know the need to be able to differentiate product and to be able to differentiate in a unique manner by which people are interested in traveling again or interested in taking that trip. I'm not interested in taking any trip because it's it's so old and stale. But now if you start to combine things and you start to make it enticing for me, I'm actually going to say, okay, you know what? I'll take that flight. How do you make a product like air travel with all its limitations and all the issues that you get along the way, like security and all those other things? How do you make it interesting? And I think that you make it interesting by doing some of the things that I think American and other airlines are looking to do. I think that's the way the industry is heading towards personalization and, you know, become better retailers. So, yeah, totally agree with you. And I was going to say in, in Ash's uh, comment there, he, he had to admit that the Europeans have some experience of NDC and he's going to turn to us for that guidance. So at least that's there, right? And we'll take that, right? So some recognition that we've done. This yes, <laughs> there is recognition there, but I, I don't, don't really see the Europeans having sort of modernized. Uh, oh, he didn't know. say that. He said we have experience no, no, no. with the mistakes no, we no, no. And Ria does not want you to air the dirty laundry. He wants you to keep it inside the closet. <laughs> and there's not a lot of modernization, I tell you. And, no, and, uh, no. No, and it's much needed. And, and when you hear all this stuff being talked about as being NDC, you know, when people say, and, and you know it aggravates me when I hear people say that NDC is retail, NDC is continuous pricing, NDC is dynamic pricing. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just, answer is no, it's not. Okay, so let's see how NDC Day pans out for the U.S. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about Yay, this Yay, NDC Day. I love it. Love it, love it. I've got two extra items, and they're both trivia items. So do you want those now, or do you want Ash and Anne? Do you want your extra stories now? Let's go for the trivia. I'm Let's in. go for the trivia. I don't have a jingle. I should find a jingle for this one, right? So my first nice. trivia, and if anybody in the audience now, raise your hand let us know, why do some of those Boeing engines have that teeth-like pattern around the back of the engine? Do you know, and do you know, Ash? Do you know the real answer? I know. I know. Because they want to be cheaper on the product. They figure if, if they cut some of the product out, then it's That's going not the to... Right answer. Um, okay. And do you know? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's actually very interesting. They did a study where they found that those teeth create different wave patterns of the air exiting the engine, and it does a few things. It reduces the noise that the engine makes, and it also reduces the sort of wake and turbulence that the engine creates, and therefore it is more fuel efficient, it is more noise efficient, and it is just all around a better e- economy you know, of scale for things for the, for the aircraft. So that's fascinating, isn't it? I like my answer better where people didn't uh, come that didn't okay. finish the product. Fine. Okay. Ash, let's Yours see. is uh, kind of boring. Let's see, let's, see, let's see if you get my next one right then. So which U.S. airline is the most profitable? That's a good one. Uh, do you measure profitability by ancillary? Money. You... Money in Money. the bank after expenses. Money in the bank. Profitable. Very simple. Which one is the most profitable? Uh, I, I would 
would say ahead, legend. Anne. I would say legend. Am a I right? Legend. I'm going to go with Delta. Okay, neither yeah, of you are right. Delta. Huh. Okay. Mohit, Mohit, what are you going to go with? You said yeah, Delta. Delta. Oh. I'm my, yeah, Delta. Uh, the answer is Alaska. They're the seventh oh, largest really? in size, but they actually are the most profitable. <laughs> and they're the only one, well, not the only one, but they actually don't fly internationally, although they hope to. They hope to introduce their first international flight soon. So there, you've heard it here first. And what's your extra story? Well, I've got a couple of extra stories, and one of them I think is much bigger than than American Airlines and NDC. That's the news coming out of Argentina with Fly Bondi. They've decided to issue all tickets as NFTs so that passengers can freely trade the tickets and change the name on the ticket. This is, of course, a first in, in the industry. If you want to go to a post on LinkedIn, take a look at Patrick Edmund, who's posted about this because really, really good comments and explanations on it. Because what this does uh, is that it opens up a secondary market for the airline because the airline makes money every time when that ticket is traded. So actually, as part of the comments on that post was that, why hasn't Ryanair thought of this? Because that would be another revenue stream that would be gigantic for them. And I think this is the biggest thing that's happened in at least a decade. And I'm super thrilled. I'm so excited. It's absolutely fascinating. And it is, uh, you're right. I'm, I'm amazed that Ryanair hasn't jumped on that. You know, wow, it is like just money without doing anything. Well, I mean, there is a lot of money in the secondary market. My next story was uh, a post by Bea Gia Johnson, who is the CEO of Play. And I thought it was super interesting that they were mentioned in um, Condé Nast. So, so they did an article on best low-cost carriers. Play was the first airline to be listed, and also listed were JetBlue, French B, Southwest, Avello, and funnily enough, TAP, Portugal, and then Breeze. You know, really great article, Condé Nast, and I was I was impressed about, you know, they did a good follow-up on different airlines and describing the, the, the offer. So those were my two stories of the week. No. Oh, you're going to, I know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I cannot believe this is just happening all the time. So, Ash, I'm surprised that it's very sad news, but Virgin Orbit is going to collapse, right? So they couldn't secure the funding. They couldn't get the, the, the monies that they were hoping for, and they had to let off almost all the staff. And so that Virgin Orbit, uh, you know, is probably not going to exist for much longer. So pretty sad news, but still, it's space news, right? Well, it is sad news, and uh, we had so much hope for them towards the end of last year, where we're thinking all these amazing things were going to happen from them, and now we're seeing this collapse occur. So really, really sad. I hope that they figure a way out. But okay. I don't think it's over. I think it's just kind no. of temporarily over. Really. No, look, I mean, those things obviously is they're not cheap to run, right? So it's not, it's not, yeah. it can't be an easy business case. They, they just need to put us in front of that pitch, right? For the investors and they'll be fine. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I'm space bound uh, anyway, as you know. I'll call Richard and let him know. He should, he should just put <laughs> you in front of those people. Absolutely. Just want to say once again for those oh. in the audience, thank you so much for giving us your time and for Mohit as well, joining us today. Thank you. And to you, um, Ananash, that's it from my side. So thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for, for listening today. Just so you all know, we host this LinkedIn audio call every week on Monday, and it is all about linking the travel industry. Please share this event with everybody that you know. Chances are high that if you enjoyed today's session, others that you know will as well. If you cannot make it because of time zone or availability, this session is available as a podcast on Business Travel 360. This is Linking the Travel Industry, signing off. Mm-hmm.